Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello everyone, welcome to the Pro Wrestling Index here on the Anfield Index podcast channel. I'm Andy Wales, still standing in for Matt Topolsky, and I'm joined by more Chatra. And more, if you and Matt were demolition, would that make me crush? <laughs> crush or um, possibly uh, the never re- released fourth member who... Uh, uh, never made it onto TV, but no, I mean, you're, you're uh, an equal as far as I'm concerned. Um, you know, it's great to have you on this show and I'm glad to be back. I mean, it's been what about six weeks since I was last on the pro wrestling index. Um, so we've had a bit of a sabbatical, but, um, for all those listeners, um, hopefully we'll be, um, turning these out with far greater frequency, hopefully at least every fortnight, if not weekly. Um, so glad to be back into the swing of things, Andy. Absolutely. And I tell you what, more we have got so much to talk about tonight because uh, we've got Hell in a Cell pay-per-view coming up this Sunday. Uh, but before we get to that, um, I was thinking we could, let's recap Raw and SmackDown first. And as Hell in a Cell is a Raw pay-per-view, I thought perhaps we'd go to SmackDown first, get that one out of the way. And then uh, that, looking back on Raw, should lead us nicely into Hell in a Cell as it was the go-home show. Um but we'll talk about that more as I get to it, because I'm still uh, surprised that was actually a go-home show. Uh, <laughs> so, so what about SmackDown then? You know, we started off with this really slight odd turn of events with Randy Orton and Bray Wyatt. I mean, the whole thing with Randy Orton, um, Bray Wyatt, Luke Harper and Kane is something that I have about as much interest in as quantum physics, to be honest. It's just... Um, the most tedious, boring, uninspiring uh, program stroke feud that, you know, there can be. And given that, you know, Randy Orton's actually a pretty solid performer and Bray Wyatt's certainly an interesting and intriguing character, um, it just suggests that the, the booking is just not right and um, it just has it meshed as a, as a feud and um, it just isn't doing anything for me. And, you know, that, that's a shame because these are talented guys, but um, maybe it's because uh, Kane's involved and, you know, at this point in time, Kane should be nowhere near the main roster. You know, he should be on the sidelines, you know, working as an agent or training people at NXT, um, but well away from TV as a, a main uh, character. Um, and, you know, it's just something that I almost start to switch off on now because it just interests me that little. I think you've been a little bit harsh there on quantum physics, um, comparing <laughs> it to this view. <laughs> Actually, I mean, I compared it last week to to the, some of the stuff we'd see in the early 90s, you know, the really ridiculous stuff. I mean, do you remember Papa Shango and Ultimate Warrior? Oh, vomiting and all sorts of voodoo stuff. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, who could forget that? Yeah, when, when Ultimate Warrior just, for some reason, inexplicably decided to wear a jacket at an interview... And he's got his hands in his pockets and you can see him moving his hands around. And then all of a sudden, this strange goo starts coming out of his head. And yeah, we're supposed to, <laughs> we're supposed to be taken in by this. Wow, this is entertaining. And it's for me, that's what this feud's felt like. It's been so ridiculous. You know, on a sh- in the context of it as well, is it's been on a show that's supposed to be built more around actual in-ring product, which is presented a little more in 
in, in like I suppose your, your hardcore wrestling type of fan, almost towards the NXT audience rather than the you know the the casual entertainment factor that Raw is. And I don't want to say I hated all of it. I mean, I probably only hated about ninety eight or ninety nine percent of it. But it's I just think it's been cringeworthy, absolute crap. I mean, who who come up with this idea? Do you think? Do you think this was some kind of a response to some of the stuff that TNA were putting out with the, with the Hardys? Possibly. I mean, obviously with the Hardys, we've seen some pretty wacky and out there type of angles and segments and storylines involving uh, Broken Matt Hardy. And in, in fact, I mean, that, that's been quite a successful um, kind of character change with him because before this gimmick change, I didn't really think anything much of... Matt Hardy in his career for the last several years, um, but that certainly has been uh, quite a successful kind of change. And you know, it's also perhaps with Lucha Underground who also do some even more hokey and strange things. But bizarrely, it works for them because their stuff is so wacky that um, the way that the whole TV show is presented, um, it, it just seems to work. And I know Gags is quite a fan of Lucha Underground as well. But in the WWE, where a lot of the programming is presented in a more uh, plausible and realistic way um, for stuff like this. It, it just doesn't really sit well. It seems inconsistent with the rest of the programming and it, there, there's little place for it. And it's a shame because I mean, brave Wyatt is a talented guy. He's got a lot of charisma personality in the ring. I think he's pretty good as well, but as a character, the way he's been booked, presented, has just been underwhelming since he pretty much debuted, in fact. And, you know, he, he's he's got a Max Cady, that Robert De Niro character type of quality to him. And he's a type of person that they could have really done something with. But time after time, he's just been given one awful storyline after another. And I can't really think of one single one where... I thought, yeah, this is really going to turn him into a big-time player in the WWE. It just hasn't happened, and um, I do feel sorry for him, but you know, he, he just gets lumbered with crap over and over again. I, I couldn't agree more. I could not agree more. I mean, and then to go from one sort of high-profile storyline on SmackDown to the other and the title picture, uh, what's your take on, on how things are, are being developed between... Uh, AJ Styles and and Dean Ambrose and this whole um, Ellsworth thing. <laughs> I, I watch that and think, well, this is somebody's idea of an inside joke. That somebody's booking this to amuse themselves rather than to present something that can make money. Because, um, I mean, the whole uh, thing with, is it Ellsworth? Ellsworthy? It, it, it seems kind of okay. I mean, it, it was quite amusing seeing him come out there looking like the weediest most sorriest excuse for a wrestler in the history of pro wrestling um, when he came out and had a squash match with Brown Strowman, um, what, two, three months ago. And because he clearly uh, made an impression on someone, they decided to bring him back. And um, to now bring him into this whole title storyline between Dean Ambrose and AJ Styles. Okay, I mean, there's some comedic value to it, but I think it's already overstayed its welcome. So um, for me personally, um, it's time to ditch all of that. And I think Dean Ambrose is somebody who himself, pretty much since he actually won the title, um, has also gone in the opposite direction to um, that which perhaps the company and certainly himself would have expected and hoped for. Um, He's certainly lost momentum. His reactions um, at the shows have been uh, significantly less than they were earlier in the year when he was getting some very fantastic reactions. Um, but meantime, though, AJ Styles um, is just a, an elite performer. He is so great. He is, um, you know, the Roberto Firmino of the WWE at the moment, as far as I'm concerned. He's just a complete package. And, um, you know, as a character, as a heel, you know, he's really coming into his own. He, we saw some of that when he was in TNA. Um, in the ring, he's peerless. He really is um, in a league of his own, own almost this year. Um, as far as the WWE is concerned, he just delivers the goods week in, week out. And whenever the big matches come up, invariably he delivers. So you, there's just not enough good things you can say about AJ Styles. But um, as a storyline, it, it's just not really doing much for me. And the sooner it ends and AJ moves in a different direction, then, then, then the better. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I agree that certainly I think that this James Ellsworth, it did have, it's had some fun to it. It's been quite humorous, you know, for a couple of weeks, but I do feel like it's pretty much run its course now. And uh, I mean, he, I mean, some of the insults have been, you know, the jibes towards him have been quite funny. And, you know, even things like, you know, the no chin music. I mean, it's, it, 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 yeah, it, it does, it does have some comedy value to it and it's yeah. been fun while it lasted, but it is time now to move. And, and I've got to agree on, certainly with Ambrose, I think he needs to move away from the comedy as well. And I think, you know, for this, for this to be, this is obviously a feud that's, that's got some time to run on it yet. And I think I, my guess would be that this goes beyond um, Survivor Series between Ambrose and, and Styles. And I think for it to really build and actually be a moneymaker, it, it does need this change from Ambrose. He's got to get more aggressive and more serious and start ditching some of the, you know, the, the wacky comedy and the goofiness that's been around his character. I mean, how far do you think they, they, they will push this, this feud? Well, the problem the WWE have got is that they've backed themselves into a corner somewhat through the brand uh, split stroke extension. And really, if you look at the SmackDown roster, it's so thin. Who else can they really go to at this point to feud with AJ? Now, one of the things they could do is to also wrap up the uh, Randy Orton and um, Bray Wyatt program and transition Randy Orton into a feud with AJ Styles. And I think that would certainly be an interesting one. That's something we've not seen before. And, you know, we know that Randy Orton is certainly somebody who can perform very well in a title program. Um, as for Dean Ambrose, I, I think that a heel turn might be something that can reinvigorate his career because it's really treading water as far as I'm concerned at the moment. It's not something that's worked too well. I mean, he comes out with some humorous stuff and some wacky stuff and that's all cool. But, you know, Stone Cold Steve Austin said it to his face on his podcast a few weeks ago that, um, you know, there's just something that is missing there. He needs to, really kind of figure out exactly what that is. And, um, you know, I can't disagree. And until Dean figures out for himself, he will continue to be a talented guy, a good guy, but not a great guy. And, you know, the sooner that program ends and AJ Styles moves into something a bit different, um, the better for him and the better for the title as well, because um, with John Cena not around as well at the moment, um, the roster is certainly thin at the top and uh we need something different now what what about uh, a recruit from from nxt after the the you know the takeover survivor series weekend and do you think that's that's a possibility well that's a very good call actually um you know we, we see nxt uh, and that that's something that's a brand that's full of talent absolutely fantastic workers the likes of samoa joe nakamura um, bobby Roode and others and you know any one of those three never mind some of the others could step into smackdown and um straight from day one enter into a meaningful and very entertaining feud with aj styles samoa joe we've seen the work he's done with aj in the past with um tna and ring of honor promotions and the work that they've done together has been like a stare and rogers it's been absolutely beautiful <laughs> if i can uh, describe a wrestling match um, in, in that kind of way they, they've they done some fantastic stuff together and um, I think that Samoa Joe deserves to be called up because he's been fantastic on um, NXT this year and as a champion you know he, he had uh, looked great and um, you know I think the time is now, now for him to come up you know he's not getting any younger he's about what 36 37 is he so um, he'd be a fantastic opponent for AJ and, um, you know, we've got others in Nakamura and Bobby Roode, um, even some like an Austin Aries might be a very, very good opponent for him. And, um, yeah, I think that's a good point. If they can't find anyone within the main SmackDown roster, there's no uh, harm in looking at NXT and bringing somebody up from there. Yeah, it was certainly freshening things up. And I think SmackDown does need freshening up with a couple of a couple of guys who, who actually sort of, you know, you would recognise as being genuine contenders. Uh, at least, you know, from the upper mid-card level and above, because I think there's too many guys who are journeymen or have been buried for far too long that people just t don't take them serious enough. Uh, and uh, if we're j just moving across, we 
try and wrap uh, SmackDown up here. What about the women's championship then? Because I personally, I thought this segment between um, Alexa Bliss and um, and I forget her name, <laughs> Becky Lynch. Uh, th- <laughs> Becky Lynch. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, she's been away for a few weeks. I forgot her name. Uh, I th- I thought that uh, segment between the two was really really good, and I think Alexa Bliss has come on so so much and and has really helped get this uh, women's SmackDown division going. Yes, I've been a fan of. I'm forgetting the name as well now. Uh, Alexa Bliss. There we go. I've been a fan of Alexa since before she came into um, SmackDown when she was on NXT. I mean, when she first debuted on NXT, she didn't really make much of an impression on me. Um, I, I thought she was. Yet another generic blonde who was a pretty face but didn't really offer anything in the ring. And I think she's worked really hard um, to develop her in-ring um, side of her game. And it's come on in leaps and bounds. And uh, she's actually a very competent worker now. And I think that it's a shame that she missed out on that match with Becky um, last month, I think it was. And, um, you know, she'll get her opportunity again. And, you know, it's something that I'm looking forward to. I personally wasn't a big fan of that segment, I'll be honest. Um, I thought some of the material that they were throwing back and forth was very uh, wooden, a bit overly scripted. And, you know, that, that that's not a, the end of the world, though. I mean, I think they'll do their talking in the ring. And um, when they do get the chance um, together, you know, I think it'll be a, a good match. And, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see Becky make a defense for that title. Um, I'm very glad that she is a champion. You know, she's somebody who's worked very hard since she was a young girl over in Ireland on the independent scene there. Um, she's worked all around Europe, over in Japan, um, around the United States. She deserves this opportunity, you know, um, and I fancy her as well. She, she looks fantastically great, doesn't she? <laughs> so um, that always helps. Um, <laughs> nice to know you're thinking like that. Yeah, so um, she is my favourite in that respect, um, and uh, you know, uh, you know, I'm glad she's back on TV, and I'm looking forward to seeing her week on week. I'm just hoping my wife isn't listening to this. <laughs> I was going to get in trouble. <laughs> oh, due respect, Mrs. Chatterer. <laughs> so, uh, so let's move across to Raw then. Things it started on a on a very solemn note, um, a really really sad note actually, because um, the list was missing <laughs> what oh i've i've got to tell you i've been loving this stuff with um with kevin owens and chris jericho uh, just fantastic great really great stuff to watch such basic simple catchphrases that are getting over uh, and jericho's doing some of the best stuff of his career i think at the moment and I, as much as i've loved everything they've done I really didn't like this opening segment. What about you, Mo? <laughs> right. I mean, where Chris Jericho is concerned, right. Um, Dave Hendrick, uh, one of our um, esteemed colleagues on the Anfield Index uh, network, um, he was on, you know, he, he's um, somebody who's known to have a particular dislike of one of our defenders, um, a guy by the name of Dejan Lovren. And, uh, you know, he's quite unwavering in his views on Mr. Lovren. Well, if anything, I was equally as uh, down on Jericho. I thought he really had nothing to offer um, on the WWE roster. And when there was talk about him possibly disappearing for another tour with his band Fozzie after WrestleMania, um, on this podcast, I was saying that actually, great, I'll be glad to see him gone. I've actually making a, made a complete 180 on that. I actually think he's fantastic now. He's one of my favorite guys in the WWE. He's turned things around massively as far as I'm concerned. One of the most entertaining characters in the WWE at this moment in time. And um, I agree with you completely. You know, he is doing some of the best work um, of his career. And I followed his career probably like you have for nearly 20 years. And for a guy who's what about 46, 47, possibly, you know, he, he looks fantastic and um, the work he's doing week in, week out is of a consistently excellent standard. Um, he's really funny. He's really entertaining. Um, you just can't be a bit of Jericho at the moment. And um, I actually have to admit, I quite like that segment at the, at the start. I know that's a minority opinion. I know a lot of people 
really weren't too keen on it and thought it was a bit too childish and a bit too um, over the top. But, um, you know, it was something a bit different. It was a bit something that was left field with the whole, where's the list gone? Let's look for the list. You know, I saw a security guard in the background looking bemused, you know, who we see front row, who's supposed to oversee the crowd. And (laughs) he's looking at these people in the ring thinking, what the fuck are they talking about? What list? Um, so uh, that that was quite amusing, but um, you know, for those people who watch wrestling week in week out, that that's the sort of thing that floats our boat, and I, I quite liked it to be honest. I, I thought it started well. The first you know couple of minutes, maybe two to three minutes, I just thought it tailed off and it just headed south. And but more, I've got to say, you were happy to you were ready to see the back of Chris Jericho. Well, you just made the list. <laughs> 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 oh, that, it's, it's just so much fun I, I tell you what I love the chemistry between uh, Owens and Jericho they they just so they are so natural together and there can be no way that that is that they're heavily scripted because it yeah. is it flows so well between them and it is a joy to watch two guys actually work off each other like that and have mm. such a natural chemistry and my, and my only concern is that they're gonna we all know that they're gonna get to a point where they you know they they actually end up having a feud and a match together. And, and my concern is they get to that point a bit too quickly because I think yeah. it's got such a natural burn to it that, that it's, it doesn't need to be rushed. And, and I think you could, this, this is one you could kind of like simmer in the background until maybe Royal Rumble and then go for it. And really, yeah, you right. know, this could be, yeah, this could be like his, the carryover that gets him in that, that little no man's land zone between Royal Rumble and WrestleMania ready for, you know, the, the few weeks before WrestleMania when they actually decide on who's going to be the, the opponent. Uh, mm. But, but the only turn, the only thing with that, I suppose is um, that the, the, the strange one coming out of this is, is Seth Rollins. Where, where does Seth Rollins go from this? Cause I think it's just too soon for him to have the title back now, especially as a baby face and, I mean, what what do you think they can do with Seth Rollins at this point? I've got to admit that as a babyface, he really isn't doing a great deal for me, which I was, which I am quite surprised at actually. Um, as a heel, I waxed lyrical about him week and week out on this podcast um, last year. I was saying that he is the best in the business, bar none. And at this moment in time, because he had a lengthy layoff with injury, uh, with a knee injury, etc. Um, you know, I certainly can't say that. And um, since he's made that transition from heel to face, um, it has been underwhelming for me, I've got to admit. Um, I agree with you. At this moment in time, I wouldn't put the title on Rollins because I think there's plenty of mileage left in a good title run for Kevin Owens. And I think Kevin Owens deserves that because he is um, arguably the most all, uh, talented all-round guy in the roster in terms of being able to deliver in the ring on the mic personality wise, um, you know, he's somebody that they really need to nurture and protect. Um, we've seen it so often in the past where um, they bring a new guy through into that title picture and they don't really um, allow that first title reign to be done justice with a good lengthy reign, good wins um, under the belt. Um, you know, we saw it with Seth Rollins, um, during his first title reign, you know, he regularly lost and um, was not put over as strongly as he should have been. And despite that, because of how talented he is, he still um, was able to withstand that. And um, in terms of being over as a heel, um, it didn't affect him too much. Um, but for me, I, I wouldn't like to see them change just yet. And I think that they need to certainly go at least up until the Royal Rumble before they even consider um, taking the title off him. As for Rollins, though, yeah. I, I think that he still needs to work on his character as a babyface. You know, we, we, we've seen it in the past with guys who've been excellent heels, like Randy Orton, for example. Um, they turn into, you know, they turn from heel to face and they struggle. They they find it really difficult to make that character transition and um, it doesn't really come naturally to them. And um, it's something they have to work on. I think it's the right thing to turn him. I mean, it's something that I've been advocating for a while that, you know, the fans were ready for embracing him as a face. Um, and I think that's the right thing to do. They just need to be patient with it. I think the right thing for him is to move him into another program with another 
member of the roster, perhaps away from the title picture, and then look to bring him back um, strong Raw Rumble onwards. And I think that where things will end up for him almost inevitably is a match against Triple H at WrestleMania because that's what led to his big turn from heel to face in the first place. Yeah, I've got I've got to agree. I mean, I don't know whether you agree on this, but I feel that that Rollins is is becoming too much of a babyface character, in you know trying to pander towards the crowd, you know, trying to make the smart remarks, and it just doesn't really sort of fit with who he is. And I think if they move, take him more towards the direction of you know the Stone Cold Steve Austin anti-hero, you know that the guy who you know, only made some minor tweaks to his character, yet went from being booed to the most over guy in, in you know in the history of the business. Uh, so I, th- I think personally, that's how I feel. Th- this should take um, the take Rollins more in that that kind of a, a presentation. You know, th- oh, yeah. just make him aggressive. Make him you know that he's just going to go after these authority figures and whatever. And it's no, none of this pandering, none of these, you know, wisecracks and trying to make comedy and trying to, you know, create catchphrases and getting the crowd to chant. It's, it doesn't, I just think it isn't natural. It doesn't suit him. No, I agree. I mean, you're absolutely 100% right. Um, as a character, he didn't really need to be all that different, if any different to what he was before turning heel. He could still be that cocky, self-confident character that he was as a heel, because, you know, that, that sort of thing can work even for faces nowadays. You know, the, the, the kind of lines are blurred. It's not black and white anymore. It's all shades of grey. And, um, you know, we've seen that with Roman Reigns, for example. You know, he, he tried to play that kind of whole clean-cut face type of character. And, um, you know, the fans turned against him. So those types of things um, increasing nowadays don't work. So um, you've got to throw out throw stuff out there that, gets over with the crowd um, to to get the right type of reaction that you want to get. And um, you've got to be smart to that. And um, the old kind of ways of doing things uh, don't necessarily work nowadays. Yeah. Another big part of of Raw, obviously, was uh, the return of uh, Brock Lesnar to to accept the challenge of Bill Goldberg. And it's, uh, I mean, it's been announced now that it's going to be at Survivor Series. Uh, What about this one for you? I, I mean, personally, I feel like it's, it, They've got this going a little too soon because people are already talking a lot about Survivor Series and kind of forgetting that Hell in a Cell is actually this Sunday. Well, that's right. Yes, um, the focus has very much been on Brock against Goldberg, and you know, the uh, the show this Sunday is almost an afterthought now, um, which is a shame because uh, you know as it will come on to it, it's quite a promising card. In fact, I, I thought the whole segment with Brock on this past Monday's Raw was a complete and utter flop. Um, but not because of Brock, not because of Paul Heyman. It was just um, a terribly thought-out idea in terms of how they wanted to present it. So for those that didn't watch it, um, Brock came out and it was clear that Heyman was trying to get a Goldberg chant going. Now, the only problem was they were in Minneapolis, which is close to as close as you'll get to a hometown for Brock Lesnar, even though he now lives in Canada. <laughs> um, but it normally has been considered like a hometown area. So most of the fans didn't want to chant Goldberg. They, in fact, were loudly chanting for Brock. And Paul Heyman tried to persist with this because this is what he was told to go out and do, try and get this whole Goldberg chant going because he was suggesting that, you know, his client, Brock Lesnar, would not be able to, uh, you know, uh, control himself and would go after the fans, essentially. And... um, (laughs) There was hardly anyone chanting for Brock. And so the whole thing was a complete flop. And after about five or ten minutes of trying to get this Goldberg chant going, they gave up, um, picked Lesnar's music, and then just walked off in a f- uh, frustrated kind of um, kind of mood. And uh, the whole thing was just a complete uh, cluster because they didn't get the right reaction. And, you know, even Kevin Nash tweeted about how um, – ill thought out it the whole thing was and they should have perhaps done it in another town where perhaps uh, there would have been a louder Goldberg chant so that didn't work out well that said though so we I think, think things out <laughs> <laughs> there's a novel idea um, but I think that when the match happens at the Survivor Series um, this ha- this um, fail of a segment from this past Monday 
will not affect it too much. Um, it's going to be in Toronto. Toronto's one of the best crowds in the WWE. And, you know, it's going to be lively and then some. So um, when Survivor Series comes, um, that match will have nuclear heat, I'm sure of it. Yeah, it's it just from my perspective, I, I just feel that this, you know, maybe maybe this week's Raw could have been the first time it was brought up. You know, could have you know when Heyman first came on a couple of weeks back, you know, maybe this Monday would have been the time to do that. You know, and then then it would have been you know something as well as as well as you have in Helen Nacelle to look forward to this Sunday. Hey, tune in next Monday because Bill Goldberg's going to be here. You know, or could have been talking about that on Helen Nacelle. You know what I mean? It's building that excitement to the actual pay per view that you're supposed to be getting towards, and then at the pay per view you know, building towards you want to come back and watch our program again tomorrow night. Even though we're showing like nine, 10 hours of program in a week, you've got to tune in because this is happening. Instead, it feels like they've got it all out there and it's just really been because they're trying to push, really push the, the launch of the game. And it just hasn't quite sort of, the scheduling of the game hasn't happened to fit in with the scheduling of their pay-per-views. So yeah, for me, it's 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 not particularly well thought out. Um, but on the whole, the show, I mean, for me, this has kind of felt like I watched Raw and I feel like I kind of watched the same Raw last week and the week before that and perhaps a week before that. Uh, do, do you get that feeling rather than we've actually built to a crescendo with a pay-per-view this Sunday? That's right. I mean, what we have seen is you know, perhaps a, a bit of a, a samey, samey feel to Raw. Um, there's certain things that they feel work quite well. So the New Day segment is almost the same week in, week out. They'll have you know, Jericho and Kevin Owens come out and do their thing with uh, Tom Phillips and um, you know the list and things like that. And again, there's not much variety um, in terms of that storyline. And then we have Enzo and Big Cass come out. And um, you know, this week they did a promo with no microphones. Um, whereas otherwise it's normally the same sort of thing. And, you know, that, that has been a bit of a repetitive feel to Raw. And I know that a lot of fans are frustrated about the fact that it does feel a bit lacking in originality. And um, a lot of people are getting quite bored of the show. And in fact, preferring SmackDown because at least there is some change and, you know, things are mixed up from one week to the next on that show. Um, and I can understand that, but, for me, Raw, Raw is still generally an ent- entertaining show, but it is, I agree, uh, not quite as it, good as it should be. And the other thing that I'm actually slightly disappointed about is the Cruiserweight division. Um, you know, you and I have both been big fans of the Cruiserweight Classic um, over the last uh, several months, and that, that was a, a really great show. And since the guys have moved over from that onto Raw, it really hasn't quite hit the heights for me. Um, I'm going to give it time, but um, it hasn't really got over. And certainly the crowd reactions have been very flat. Um, none of the guys are really getting over, with the possible exception of Rich Swan because of his dancing. But you know, that, that's something that, in due course, I think could be a real asset to the show. Um, but until then, that, that's another element of the show that's not quite working. Um, the, only, the only thing that really does work for me is the build-up to the... Uh, Raw Women's Championship. That that's something we'll come on to in just a moment. Yeah, well, I tell you what. Let's well, let's move on to it. That let's let's start looking at Helen Nacelle then. I mean, it's been billed as a triple main event, but in all honesty, I, I'd say you could say it's a core main event. I, I don't like this the idea of trying to bill it as a as a triple main event because I think not only do people not buy Rusev and Roman Reigns as part of the main event, I think it also kind of waters down the significance of having a women's championship match as a main event at a WWE pay-per-view. No, this really should be such a significant event that as a core main event, having them alongside the universal title, that for me, that, that is you buy that and it, and it keeps it big and it keeps it really important. I just feel like it's, it, you know, billing it as a triple main event instead of bringing the U S title up. I think it's, it's kind of slightly watering down the significance of what is really it's it is let's make no mistake it's huge you know that the first ever main event status women's match at a pay-per-view and not only that but to have it in a cell you know a hell in a cell it's 
it really is. It should be an unreal game. It should be an unreal match. It really should be. But how, how do you feel on that more than do you, do you feel like like you know? Do you agree? <laughs> you think it's been watered down slightly or? Yes, I agree. You know, they shouldn't. I mean, in a way, I can understand why they're building it as a triple main event to try and create more interest in it being uh, just a single brand exclusive show run, something that crosses both brands, uh, especially, as you mentioned earlier, given the um, increasing amount of hype for Survivor Series, which is less than four weeks away, I think. And that, that that's, you know, slightly unfair to what is really a historic match between Charlotte and Sasha Banks for the Raw Women's Championship. It's historic, it's monumental, it's important because this is the first time that the WWE pay-per-view in, in the company's history will end, I think, with a women's match. It's not confirmed. It might be that they go with Owens against Rollins as the Universal Championship last, but the right thing, as far as I'm concerned, is Banks and Charlotte. And, you know, there would be nobody more delighted than me to see those two uh, go on last to main event that show. Uh, I mentioned Dave Hendrick, our good friend, earlier in the show. It was about a year ago that um, he and I on this podcast were discussing Charlotte and, you know, he was giving it the whole Dejan Lovren treatment again, as I mentioned. Um, you know, he was very negative on Charlotte and I was defending her. I said, no, this girl, she is very talented. She's great. And as we've seen since then, she has been superb. She's been a breath of fresh air. She has been the WWE women's revolution. As far as I'm concerned, you know, she's taken it to the next level. She is the top star, the elite performer in this division. And that's coming from somebody who's been, you know, all throughout this year. And even last year, a massive Sasha Banks mark, you know, I love Sasha Banks, but you know, Charlotte has just really come into her own as a heel character and really showing the kind of uh, talent she has, you know, not only in the ring, but as a performer, as a heel, you know, she can deliver it on the mic. Um, the small nuances in the ring as a heel, you know, she's learned very well from her father. And, um, you know, she's the complete and total package um, as a female wrestler. And, you know, these girls have worked so hard to get to where they are. And, um, you know, when they, they you know, we, we've seen it before, you know, on the WWE main roster and also in NXT when these two have had matches and they get emotional, you know, you can't help but get emotional with them because um, you, you have that connection with them and um, it means something. And I really hope that that match goes on last and these, these two really deserve it. And um, I've got absolutely no doubt whatsoever. They're going to steal the show. Um, I think they've got something really special lined up for, for this Sunday. Yeah. I mean, uh, with Charlotte, I think, I think initially as a baby face, when she came in, I think she struggled somewhat, but becoming a heel was such a good move. I think, yeah, I agree. I think she has gone from strength to strength. I think she carries herself as a champion, even without the belt. She carries herself as as what you would consider to be a legitimate champion. You know, a real a real legitimate performer. She she is uh, uh, amongst the elite without a shadow of a doubt. Uh, and when I say amongst the elite, I mean of all time. We're not just talking now. And I think her promo work has come on from strength to strength. I, I, at first, it was a bit hmm. And I think that has really come along. You know, she's she's just it's just displaying such confidence now, I think, in herself and her abilities, and she looks more and more comfortable out there. I think sometimes she still makes a few mistakes. She gets a little bit carried away. I think, you know, there's a couple of times in that in that match with um Sasha Banks where I think she was um <laughs> you know, she obviously is a lot stronger than her, and I, I think she was Perhaps a little overzealous at, at times, but uh -huh. um, she she really has come on. I think she's developed so so well, and, and you're right. She is she is just a legitimate star, full stop. And Banks is also such a fantastic worker. She is, and but I felt that it was a promo work was really letting her down. Uh, I wondered if maybe she needed to go, needed to make that heel turn, you know, to to develop that character and go back to the the kind of promos she was delivering at NXT as a heel. But she's she's slowly but surely coming along now into that babyface role, getting more settled, and her ring work is tremendous. So I, I'm with you. I think they they will have a very very special match 
and and I agree as well that I do think it should be the last the last match out there. It is significant. It's historic. You know they shouldn't make it that way. But do you think they'll actually do that though? Do you think they'll put it on last? I mean, what normally with because there's three cell matches, they they kind of uh, spread them out through the show. Do you think they're going to do that on Sunday? And 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 if they do that, do you think that means that perhaps we'll see them halfway through the uh, the night? I, I actually think they'll go on last. I really do. You know, this is the time to do something like this because, um, you know, they've talked and promoted quite heavily about the whole women's revolution, you know, up until this year and for many years, um, you know, going back a good 20 years or so, even longer, the whole female division in the WWE has really been uh, portrayed as a, a sideshow. And, um, the way it's been presented at times has been very demeaning in, in some cases towards um, the females on the roster. And I think it's been the right thing to do to try and portray it as a legitimate equal division to any of the men's divisions. And um, the only way to create that acceptance is to allow one of these women's matches, whether it's this one or even another one to go on last on a show. And it's all about educating the audience. Um, you now I talked about the lack of reactions uh, to the cruiserweights. Um, well, you know, when they first announced what was called, I think the Divas Revolution, the the, the reactions initially were, were not that great. You know, they were quite flat. But you know, the likes of Charlotte and Sasha Banks and um, Becky Lynch have worked really hard to try and get over the crowd, and they are getting reactions now. But to take to the next level. Um, you know, they need to be headlining shows. And I think that if they headline um, this weekend at Hell in a Cell, that will be monumental and so important for that whole evolution of the division. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I actually think that WWE has NXT to thank a whole hell of a lot for the for the way that the women were presented and continue to be presented on that show. And they really legitimized it and, and it became women's wrestling rather than this, this divas sideshow that was demeaning to women. Uh, and it's, they, it's put them up there as, you know, they are sports women, they're athletes, they're performers, just like the men are, you know, they're there to entertain, but they're also, also there to, to, you know, exhibit their athletic ability and the skill and the art that is professional wrestling. And it's fantastic to see them, you know, being, being given a legitimate role rather than this, you know, Barbie doll, you know, bra and panties all the time, you know, which is, it might be nice for your testosterone, but, <laughs> but, you know, but they deserve to be, they deserve to be recognized. You know, we, we're in the 21st century, so they deserve to be recognized for the performers and they have their abilities in the ring that they have. So, I mean, while we stay on the women, what, what about uh, Bailey and Dana Brooke then? Cause this, as a storyline has been far from inspiring for me. And, and I've got to say, I'm a huge Bailey fan. I mean, I, I would actually go so far as to say she is the best women's wrestler in the company, but the way she's been presented at the moment. Mm, yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, since she debuted, she has been somewhat lost in shuffle. Um, I think WWE isn't quite sure exactly what they want to do with her. So in the interim, they booked her into this feud with Dana Brooke. Dana Brooke's actually one of my guilty pleasures, in fact. Um, not because I fancy her, but um, it, I, I just think that she's actually quite underrated. I think she's you know, quite a good heel, in fact. She does a lot of little uh, things which um, you know, really are quite cute and clever, which um, you know, some of the other talents who are perhaps of similar kind of experience bear in mind she's only been a worker for what two or three years um you know you wouldn't expect but you know she comes out with it. i mean the kind of double bicep thing and all that kind of stuff and the way she does it i, I just you know really like it and uh, i think she's a really good foil for bailey and you know i think they'll have a decent match i don't think it'll be a great match um but i think the the obvious place to go with bailey is um, towards a title match and I think it will be eventually with Charlotte but they're not going to go in that direction just yet I think we'll probably have to wait till at least the Royal Rumble possibly even as far as Wrestlemania but when they do decide to pull the trigger with Bailey um, and get her into that uh, title run 
that chase for the title will certainly be uh, something to watch. And again, you know, it'll be something that I think the fans will really get behind because Bailey is one of the most likable, if not the most likable talents on the entire WWE roster. You know, she's she's got this X factor about her, hasn't she? She's got something special about her. And, um, you know, I, I think that she in 2017 will be will become one of the WWE's very, very biggest stars, male or female. Yeah, I, I agree. And I, I certainly hope so. Because, I mean, last year, uh, Bailey and Sasha Banks, the two matches they had at the TakeOver events, they, they were two of the best. I mean, I get goosebumps just thinking about that. They were two of the best matches I, I saw all year, you know, without oh. doubt. They were superb. They told a brilliant story. It yep. was it was just phenomenal. And it was the, the way that Bailey was built up. Not only did that, you know, get it get the big moment that she actually won the title, but then for her to win it again, that Bailey not wasn't just that sort of you know the character that people loved and like ah oh, she's nice she actually got respect she gained the respect of the fans for what she could do in the ring so oh. I'm I'm looking forward to the prospect of somewhere down the line of a Sasha Banks Bailey match you know at a main pay per view uh, and and Bailey having a moment at, at WrestleMania maybe winning the women's championship there that that's that's the thing that I would certainly look forward to but uh, let's let's keep it to hell in a cell anyway uh, speaking of the uh, the cell matches uh, i i've got a feeling that we, the night is going to kick off with uh, rusev and roman reigns uh, what about yourself and and thoughts on this feud yeah i agree um i think that um that that's probably the match that will um start first you know it wouldn't make sense to have all three back to back to back so having one at the start and um, possibly one in the middle and one at the end um, would be the way to go. Roman Reigns and Rusev as a feud has been okay. Um, I've got to admit, it certainly hasn't been bad. Certainly hasn't been disappointing. Uh, but I don't think for me it's been a great feud. Now, Roman Reigns continues to get these negative reactions, and uh, WWE clearly have no intention of going giving the fans what they want, which is a heel Roman Reigns. So he'll continue to be this. Um, baby face that continues to get booed out of the building week in, week out. And uh, I think certainly at Hell in the Cell, Rusev, despite being this Bulgarian brute, will get the, um, the the cheers and the stronger reactions. As for the title, I think Rusev will actually win. I predict an upset. I think there will be a title switch. And that will then keep the feud going for a, a few more weeks, possibly up until December. And um, after that, they'll then start to move towards taking Roman in a different direction. Um, clearly, they, they want to keep him away from the title at the moment. However, if they move Seth Rollins into a different feud, then they might decide that actually Owens against Reigns for the title, the universal title might be the direction to go in. And if that's the case, then that again backs up the theory that Rusev might be winning the United States Championship. Mm, I, I like your theory. I, I do like your theory. But um, I can't see it myself. I, I think they'll just keep the title on Reigns at the moment, uh, and I do wonder quite where where they go from here with Survivor Series coming up, and you know the Raw versus SmackDown, all the all, all the various different matches. Um, I think we're going to fall into a kind of bit of a limbo for a few weeks. I mean, talking of tag matches and whatnot, we'll move on to the, the tag team match between Enzo Amore and Big Cass taking on Carl uh, Anderson and Luke Gallows. Uh, I'm formerly known as the club, of course. I hated the the way that they were used in the their feud with uh, the New Day, doing all the comedy stuff because it totally didn't suit them. They suddenly became more serious, and uh, you, you thought they were getting a steam behind them. But then, you know, I, I don't know whether it's he's upset someone backstage, but he's get, he's getting beat pretty damn quick in the past couple of weeks. Is Carl Anderson and uh, what? What about this match for you then, Moore? Gallows and Anderson are a very talented tag team. And I think that uh, when the New Day do drop the titles, I personally would like to see them drop them to Gallows and Anderson, even though obviously they've already had a program. Um, I, I think that they're looking to have New Day go all the way to becoming the longest reigning tag team champions. They've already started teasing that. Um, they've already started to mention the actual number of days for the longest title reign. So they're going to go past that point. And, you know, in terms of who they drop them to, for me, it has to be Gallows and Anderson because 
in terms of talent, Gallows and Anderson are the best. Um, I saw a lot of their work in New Japan. They were fantastic there. And, um, you know, I think that they've got a lot to offer the tag team division. It has become somewhat stale as a division, largely because the titles have stayed on the New Day all throughout the year. So as and when the title change does happen, Gallows and Anderson have to become the new champion as far as I'm concerned. So for that to happen, they need to beat Amor and Cass. Albeit, uh, more in cast for me, a, a highly entertaining act. Um, you know, I don't think they'll suffer too much with a loss. Whereas for me, if Gallows and Anderson lose this Sunday to a more in cast, then, um, you know, certainly to the casual fan base, that they, they will see Gallows and Anderson as nothing much more than glorified jobbers. So they, they need a win as far as I'm concerned at this stage. And uh, it would be the right thing for them to go over. Yeah, so so I mean, based on that, you think that New Day are going to beat uh, Sheamus and and Cesaro? Then I take it. That's right. I, I think they will, um, but not necessarily conclusively. So I think that there's still a little bit of mileage left in that feud, um, which will possibly carry on for another few more weeks. And at a later point, they'll then decide to possibly go in the direction of a four-way feud for the titles or maybe go back to Gallows and Anderson against New Day again, uh, possibly even after the Royal Rumble. I, I think New Day will stay as champions um, right until the end of this calendar year, going into the new year. And I think it will be early in the new year, possibly at the Royal Rumble, that we will finally see a title change. Um, and when that happens... Well, if that happens, Anderson Gallows have to become the new champions for me. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I agree as well. I think I think New Day have needed to lose the titles for some time. I think it just needed freshening up like that. Uh, and this obsession with um, <laughs> these long title reigns, you know, the, these setting these records uh, is like reinventing history. We've we've got to get rid of all the the old records when replace them with some of the new guys, make them look bigger and better, and you know, more huge stars. But uh, there was a point where I, I, I did wonder whether or not they would actually do the title switch here and they would put the tag team titles on Cesaro and Sheamus because they do they do have a bit of uh, previous for doing this with these you know these odd couple tag teams that once you know they don't like each other but somehow they manage to become champions and it'll be you know this ongoing joke that even though they're champions they still can't get along but I'm now beginning to wonder whether you know they're not going to do that. And this is all basically just another way of extending a Sheamus and Cesaro feud. And then we're going to go back to another best of seven or something with them. Possibly. I think that the way the whole Cesaro-Sheamus dynamics booked, it's almost inevitable they'll split at some point. And when they split, um, they'll probably have to start having matches with each other again. Their matches between one another weren't all that inspiring as far as I was concerned. But towards the end, they started to pick up. And certainly the last match they had was very good in their best of seven series. So that's almost certainly the direction that that storyline will end up in. They'll split. They'll have another program with one another, and then they'll go in their own separate directions. And it's just a way of kind of killing time in terms of um, both of their careers. I think both of them are individuals that creative don't really know what to do with. And that's why they've been paired together, quite frankly, Um, which is a shame because Cesaro is, an immense talent. He's so good. Um, they really should be doing something a lot better with him um, and have much better direction for him in his career. But as we know, um, Vince doesn't really rate him because he, he doesn't cut great promos, which is a shame because it's in the ring. He, yeah, he, he, you know, he's, he's as solid as anyone. Yeah, it is a shame. I'd love to see him on SmackDown. I think he would uh, suit that show. And he was in fact it's... disappointed that he wasn't drafted to SmackDown. If you remember. Yeah. Um, he, was, yeah. he was quite upset about that. I, I, yeah, I think there's still something to come with that. I, I, I do wonder if, if something will become somewhere down the line. But uh, I mean, keeping with uh, title belts, so there's there's two more championship matches to talk about. Um, we've got the cruiserweight championship, TJ Perkins against Brian Kendrick, and you know, as as you mentioned, and we spoke about last week on the show as well. You know, the cruiserweight division has not been handled too well on Raw. Personally, I can't see a title switch here. It's TJ Perkins going over in, you know, ten minutes for me. Yes, I agree. It, it's something that um, needs a bit of spark to it, and I, I think the problem is this: um, Brian Kendrick's really good, um, but he works like one of the regular guys. The way to get this cruiserweight division over 
is to allow the guys to do something that's different to what they normally see from the bigger talents. And the way to do that is to essentially allow the smaller guys to do all their flippy flop, flippy floppiness. And, you know, TJ Perkins can do that. And he's very good at that. He la- he lacks personality. He's um, almost like a charisma vacuum in a way. He really doesn't stand out. I mean, if he was in a room, nobody would really notice him. I mean, his moves are great. He is a very good worker, uh, but he kind of lacks that star quality. Um, whereas in the likes of something like a Grand Metallic, um, you know, they can do that kind of flippy floppiness and um, excel at it. And even a Neville, I mean, he's been lost in the shuffle. Um, I think it would do him the world of good to move into the cruiserweight division as long as he is legitimately 205 pounds or less, obviously. And if he is, um, he'd be the ideal champion because, uh, you know, he, he's somebody who is supreme at that kind of style of um, high-risk aerial offense. And, you know, him against TJ Perkins would be a fantastic showcase uh, for that style. Yeah, I think it was kind of kind of much that would reinvigorate um, how, how the division is perceived on the show as well. I, I mean, for all of those guys... You know, most of them are not not great at charisma and and the promos and getting themselves over that way. That you know, they get themselves over their fans in the ring. So I think if they just concentrate on the in ring product and let them, you know, get themselves over that way, I think slowly but surely it'll come. But I mean, getting, I mean, we we mentioned them earlier, but uh, getting to a guy who is uh, has bags of charisma and has been solid goal all year with a microphone is. Uh, one Kevin Owens Universal Champion. So, you know, do you think you think Owens is going to retain the title here against uh, Seth Rollins? Yes, I do. I think that he deserves to retain the title and um, keep it until at least uh, the Royal Rumble. He's been a very, very credible champion. Um, granted, the ratings haven't been great whilst he's been a champion, um, but I think that even if they hand the title on. I don't know, somebody like John Cena, if they kept him on Raw, I don't think the ratings would have been all that different, to be honest. I think there are wider issues as to why the ratings are where they are. And that's perhaps a, a different conversation for another podcast. But, um, you know, nonetheless, Owens, I think, has been a very credible, sound champion since he won the title. And, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if we see Triple H put in another appearance um, at some point during this match. Um, just to further add fuel for that fire, you know, that can lead to something between he and Rollins for later on down the line. And I think that later on down the line will lead to WrestleMania with a match between Rollins and Triple H. Um, So don't rule that out. Um, But yeah, Owens has to retain for me and Rollins, I think you're right, needs to go in a slightly different direction, um, allowing Owens to then move into a new program um, to defend the title against someone else. Yeah, I, I, I wholeheartedly agree with you there. Uh, I don't see the title changing hands, but you know Chris Jericho's not scheduled to be on on you know he's not in the cards. He's not scheduled to be on the show there. So I think if there's anyone gets involved, I think it's going to be Jericho. But perhaps in a way that Kevin Kevin Owens gets the win, but sets you know further kind of fuels the the tension that's growing between them that they've got on camera so i'm i'm expecting owens to win but yes so, some way of uh somehow somebody's got to get involved just to uh i suppose as, as ww would say it to protect to protect rollins oh. so uh overall or more you are you looking forward to hell in cell you think it's going to be a good event yes i do yes um i think that certainly the owens rollins banks charlotte and even the TJ Perkins, Brian Kendrick matches should all be uh, very good to great. And um, several of the other matches as well um, should have something to offer. So I think it'll be on the whole a very, very good card. And, you know, that will continue the theme that we've seen this year that WWE pay per views, generally speaking, have been of a pretty good standard. So um, I expect more of the same. And uh, for WWE fans, I think, you know, it's a show that whether you stay up to watch it, or uh, you watch it on the Monday, um, it's certainly one to check out. Excellent, excellent. I, I'm, I must admit, I am rather looking forward to it, and, and like you, for that, uh, for what should be a historic moment uh, of of the 
the Women's Championship inside a Hell in a Cell match. I, I am quite looking forward to that one. Oh. Just about time for us to go here, though. But before we do more, is there anything you'd like to plug? It's just um, a very quick shout-out to um, the British wrestling promotions out there. Um, they've done a fantastic job to reinvigorate the British wrestling scene and um, build it back from the doldrums of the early 90s. Obviously, it was a staple on ITV um, from the 1950s right through to the late 80s, and um, then it disappeared. And um, the reason I mention that is because um, World of Sport Wrestling is the name of a one-off show that ITV have got planned um, for later this year. They've got a TV taping in Manchester uh, um, for next week, in fact, um, involving several people that I know and um, I wish them all the best of luck with that. And um, I really hope it's a success because if it is, it will mean that British wrestling could become um, a regular feature on ITV once again after a nearly three-decade absence. So um, you know, I really hope that that does happen because um, you know, British wrestling at the moment is an absolute hotbed for talent. You know, We see it in the WWE, NXT, there's lots of British talent there. Um, likewise on TNA we've seen British talents over the last several years um, you know there's this country is absolutely full of absolutely top class wrestling talent and um, you know the, the British wrestling scene deserves that kind of exposure and I just hope that the uh, uh, the TV tapings next week in Manchester work out and um, it leads to something really exciting later on down the line back on national television yeah and, and legendary uh, WWE uh, commentator Jim Ross is uh, is going to be involved in that show as well. So I tell you what, if, if anyone can really give that <laughs> paint paint a picture audibly, then then Jr. is the man for that. Indeed, he is absolutely. Yeah, I, I'm looking forward to that as well. Yeah. Any uh, shout outs from you, Andy? <laughs> uh, just ju- just download the AI app, and uh, you, obviously this podcast is on there uh, along with the uh, articles that are now available on this. So uh, yeah. You download that app and keep with it because it's on iOS, it's on Android, whichever one you've got. It's fantastic. Everything you can want, whatever sport, entertainment, movies, anything at all, comic books, you name it, it's on there. So there you go. But uh, that that wraps things up for this edition of the Pro Wrestling Index on the Anfield Index uh, podcast channel. I want to thank Mo Chatra for joining me and we would like to thank all of you for listening. Uh, and like you say, don't forget, you you, uh, you can get in touch with us, uh, by the way, uh, with uh, your thoughts. Share, share your thoughts with us uh, on Hell in a Cell via the uh, PW underscore index on Twitter. So if you want to share your predictions, your thoughts, what you thought of uh, Hell in a Cell, that's where you go on Twitter to share them with us. And like I said, just keep checking out the uh, the IA website uh, because there are now pro wrestling articles uh, in there under the sports section Uh, We should be back next week, but until then, it's bye-bye now. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.